0: Well, good evening, brothers and sisters. Uh, Greetings from Irvine, a few few miles down 405 from many of you. Um, I trust uh, this little time uh, get-together finds you all safe and well in the Lord. Uh, These are truly uh, extraordinary days, uh, days that... uh, um, even many of us who are older have never experienced in our lives. And um, today I was just uh, thinking about that uh, good psalm, Psalm 23, uh, that we all know so well. Uh, you know, that part on the, you know, Brother Lee was describing the third stage, as it were, the third stage of the Lord's shepherding. He shepherds us in many stages. The third stage was, the, in fact, the part about even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I do not fear evil for uh, you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I find that this passage today uh, very uh, strengthening uh, to me. And here um, bro- uh, um, Brother Lee talks about, you know, this valley of shadow of death are just like all the troubling things or the sufferings of life that we would go through in this case together collectively as a society and as, uh, as saints in the church. And, um, but when we walk through this valley, uh, we do not fear any evil and, Uh, because he is with us. Who is with us? Christ, the spirit, the pneumatic one, is with us. And he has this to say. He said, I quote, his presence is a comfort, a rescue, and a sustaining power to us. When we're in the valley, and we're in the valley right now, we should simply remain there and rest in the Lord. So I hope these days, Not only outwardly, we're forced to rest, but we're truly resting in the Lord, in being one with him. Our resting in the Lord will shorten the valley. I never remember that. Will shorten the valley and reduce the shadow, the dark shadow, and even will remove the death. I like that. And then it says the rod is for protection and the staff is for training, for guidance and also for sustenance. So in the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord's protection, his guidance and his sustenance comforts us. Now, I hope we can all testify to that these days. Uh, in, in fact, this is our reality in our Experience how wonderful that we have the Lord's presence as our peace and our comfort. Now, um, a time like this, this evening, I do not consider myself to be giving a message. Uh, rather, the setting, are all in your homes, this is truly a house-to-house gathering, uh, though virtually. And um, um, and so. In this kind of setting, I like to really take advantage of the intimacy um, and even the mutuality. I can see a number of you on the screen. And uh, so let's have a talk. I think uh, Joe sent up something called a fireside chat, you know, harking to President Roosevelt during the World, World War II. Well, I'm not sure there's any fire burning tonight. And I'm surely not a president of any sort, but in the same spirit of us being just in the living room. And I consider this a home talk, a home talk with the saints uh, in so many churches up in the South Bay area. Now, um, what are we going to talk about tonight? Um, I just have the uh, continual burden these days. On the matter of prayer, but I'm not talking about prayer in a general sense. You know, we do have a lot of general prayer. They are legitimate. They are necessary. We have needs. Uh, we have anxiety. We, you know, we're disturbed or whatever. We come to pray to the Lord and ask Him for His help, for His strengthening, for His supply, and those are and and also. Um, even uh, um, uh, talking, uh, uh, I mean, praying in a way for our uh, for our uh, uh, spirituality and uh, you know for our pursuit, uh, spiritual pursuit. All of these are good, but you must remember in the book the God Man, where Brother Lee used the Lord Jesus as the first, even the unique God Man as a pattern to all of us to follow, to copy, um, he uh, really got into this matter of the prayer of this first God-man. And in one chapter, he said that the prayer that we we see in this first God-man, Jesus, uh, are not religious prayers, for sure, you know, programmatic religious prayers, And they are not common prayers that pray for meeting certain human needs that we have. And he said, even it is not a kind of prayer about our pursuit of Christ. How about that? That, I remember, shocked me. What? You know, for me to pray to pursue Christ is not still not up to the standard of the God-man prayer? That's what he said, Brother Lee. He said, the Lord's prayers seen in the Gospels, are in a different realm, in the divine mystical realm. Actually, you don't see, find the Lord's Prayer that much recorded. I can uh, think about, of course, there was a case when he prayed to the Father. Uh, He exalted in the Father. There was that time in Matthew 11. Then there was uh, the prayer at the Garden of Gethsemane. You all know three times to ask the Father, if possible, for this uh, cup, referring to the cross, to be removed from him. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And, of course, in a more lengthy way, the prayer in John 17, you know, that whole chapter of praying for us, the disciples, indeed to pray that we would be one and perfected into one, as he and the Father are one. So they, these are examples, but then you also find a lot of a record of the Lord uh, leaving the disciples, leaving the crowds, going away to the desert, going up to the mountain overnight, and we don't know what he prayed. It's mystical, it's divine, it's between him and the Father. But we we have to believe that the Lord in those times of prayer and in absolutely close fellowship and, and, and oneness with the Father, um, um, he was not praying for his own needs, I, I have to believe. He's praying for the work of God. He was praying for the will of God. He was praying for the word of God. He was praying for perhaps the next day, the next event, what he should do, what he should say. In other words, he was praying a prayer that is entirely wrapped up with God's interest, with God's will. That is the God-man prayer. I hope you can go back to that book and, and look, look uh, find the, those chapters. Well, when I say I'm so burdened these days for prayer, I mean that kind of prayer. Now, we're in the 21 days of global round-the-clock prayer. I hope many of you signed up, uh, praying according to some, some time slots. And if you don't know, we have extended this 21 days of prayer to, not, for nine more days. And we will end this prayer uh, at the end of April. Now, dear brothers and sisters, what concerns me, what is really in my heart is, what happens after April the 30th? Is this prayer over? Is this, is this round the clock prayer, what we call watchman prayer, according to Isaiah 62, that he, that he has appointed watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem, that they would not rest, take no rest, and they would give God no rest. And they would command the Lord, and until... He makes Jerusalem a praise on the earth. I am very, very concerned and burdened what will happen after these 30 days. I'm concerned that we will just go back to normal. I don't care if it's old normal or new normal. We'll go back to some kind of normality. And that will make these 30 days prayer a sort of event a sort of activity. I wouldn't call it a movement because the burden is genuine, and many saints are really, really in the prayers and petitions. But I'm burdened for the sustenance of such prayers because because according to the word, Old Testament, New Testament, the thing that God needs today is men, who would be incorporated with him, that means would mutually indwell with God. That means to have the full oneness with God that would at the same time cooperate with him. Not just incorporate, but cooperate. And that way of cooperation is none other than prayer. God wants to do a lot, he planned a lot, he had a purpose which he will carry out. But the principle is this, that he needs the echo, he needs the response, he needs some to cooperate on the earth with him, to be one with him, to pray with him, to be sympathetic to his need and desire. To not be consumed or preoccupied with their own things and needs, but his, his purpose. And to these ones, to these ones, God would give them his prayer. You know, that word in James 5, talking about the prayer of a righteous man avails much or is very effective such as Elijah, who prayed for there to be no rain and the heaven closed for three and a half years. And he prayed again. The rain came down again to end that famine, using that as an illustration. And it says there, James, that Elijah earnestly prayed, pray earnestly. And the footnote, you can go read it, says that that literally means. Elijah prayed in prayer. He prayed in a prayer. Clearly that is that this means that he's not praying his prayer. He's not praying a co- a self-motivated prayer. He's not praying according to his own intentions and interest. He was praying in another prayer, a prayer of another person. What prayer is that? That is the prayer of Jehovah. Jehovah wanted to be a famine, to stop the rain. But he needs someone on the earth to pray that, for that to take place. This is God's principle. This is just God's principle. He would limit, restrict what he wanted to do and what he even could do by men. It's unbelievable. He needs an intercessor on the earth to pray the intercessory prayer to intercede to pray on his behalf you know today we say Christ is our heavenly intercessor isn't that right both in Romans 8 and Hebrews 7 he is at the right hand of God ever living to intercede for us the saints but do you know that God is looking someone on the earth to intercede for his need. Christ is interceding above for your need and mine. But he needs, God needs someone on the earth to intercede on his behalf. In other words, for his need. And that blessed privilege responsibility belongs to the church of God. But the church failed God. The degraded church. How many of God's people are really praying? Many are praying even these days. We pray for the first responders. We do. We pray for the um, government. We pray for the president. We pray for so many who are fighting this war on this virus. But how many are really praying the prayer of Jehovah? How many are praying the prayer of God? How many are praying for God's purpose to be fulfilled in these times, in these days? How many people really care for that? So the church by and large has failed. And then it is up to a number of lovers of God, followers and disciples of God, who are prepared by God, disciplined by God, have been trained by God. These people are the circumcised ones. These people are the terminated ones. They stand in the breach like Moses. You know, when Israel rebelled and complained and went into idolatry, God was going to say, forget him. I'm going to make you Moses, the new people of mine. And Moses said, wait a minute. No way. You're not going to do that. That will make your name a laughing stock on the earth. What have you done to take these people out of Egypt just to let them all die in the wilderness? What kind of God is that? Moses was quite the attorney. He challenged God. He spoke to God. He reasoned with God. So much so that God changed his mind and repented of his wrath and said, okay, I get it. That kind of prayer, without Moses' prayer standing in the breach, brothers and sisters, the whole story of the Old Testament will be different. But Moses knew. Moses knew how to touch God's heart. He knew God had a covenant with his people. No matter how stiff-necked they were, how rebellious they were, That according to God's faithfulness and righteousness, he could not change that. God actually wanted that, but he needs someone on the earth to pray that. To intercede on behalf, not only of the children of Israel, on behalf of God. So that God can do what he wants to do. Dear brothers and sisters, my burden today is that many saints in the churches, maybe not the very young ones, maybe not the very new ones, but certainly, certainly many saints who have some vision in this matter. Some saints who have a certain level of growth in life and maturity. Certain saints who have a certain level of experience. I submit that these are days more than ever, because we're closer to the Lord's return, to the end times than ever, that things are moving, going to move in a much more speedy way. You know, these kind of earthquakes and, and, and pestilence, plagues, and, uh, and war, all these things, they have happened since Christ ascended. You know, the first four seals, besides the horse of the gospel, were all these things. They've been running. Galloping in these two thousand years, but in the end times, these things are going to happen in greater frequency and intensity. All these signal that we're closer to that time. and brothers and sisters, more than ever before, the Church of God must rise up to pray these days. Our first work. If I may say so, is not even gospel preaching. The preaching of the gospel is the Great Commission. And I have a lot of burden about this. You know, that's why we're going to say something about what BFA supplies to us as tools in these times to preach the gospel. But I must tell you, that is a work, a commission of the church. But that is not the highest ministry of the church. There's no ministry higher for the church of God than the ministry of prayer and intercession. God actually needs the church to pray, to join with him, to be one with him. But even us in the Lord's recovery, the churches in the Lord's recovery, I feel, and I'm not here to uh, be pessimistic on them, I'm not here to be critical, but I think we all would agree that we are really not up to that standard. Our prayers are still the kind of prayer at the most in the holy place and not in the holiest place, not quite really at the incense altar. We may have that experience from time to time. Look at our personal prayer life. I'm not talking even just about the saints. How about the leading ones? I check with myself. It is not up to the Lord's standard. I do work, I work more than I pray. I consider my labor in that kind of way more important than my labor in His presence to petition, pray to labor with the Lord. And how about the church's ministry? How about the church's prayer meeting? a fraction of the saints would come. I remember in Eldon, Brother Lee said the church in Los Angeles in those days, he had never experienced such a church life, a church he fondly remember that has such a strong praying spirit. Tuesday night, when we pray, the number is almost the same, not quite, but almost the same as Lord's Day, 80% or more would come to pray on Tuesday night. But look at our present situation. It's not that way. So now we have these 21 days and 30 days. What it is supposed to do. So I am very, very burdened, brothers and sisters, that as when we emerge out of this crisis we would really be in a new normal. And that new normal is not just, okay, now we're all Zoom experts, you know? We all know now to use technology and, and have a good time. I, I don't mean that. That's outward. I'm talking about a new kind of church life. I'm talking about a new kind of Christian life. Personally, as an individual twos and threes, which is a big part of my burden. The vital groups are prayer groups, according to Brother Lee, to come together to what? To be blended by much and thorough prayer before they go out and contact people for the gospel and shepherd people. I feel these are the times for us to really build up the vital group, something that we have not done fully according to Brother Lee's instructions. But one of the main work of the vital groups 2 and 3, according to Matthew 18, is, in fact, to pray in harmony, binding and losing. There's power and authority in two or three praying, even though they're not the church. But God, the Lord, has given them that kind of power to bind and to lose, and listen. It says that whatever they bind will have been bound in heavens. Whatever they lose will have been loose. So, actually, what that is saying is that the heavens' will is already done. Heaven has already bound. Heaven has already loose. But it takes someone on the earth to echo that to channel that done will, that binding, that losing, by praying on the earth. So the source is from heaven, but it needs the earth to correspond back to the heavens in order for the heavens' will to be channeled back to the earth. Do you see this heavenly ladder connecting both ends? Of two units of intercessor on the above Christ at the right hand of God, and the head of the body and on the earth, his body, his people, with the spirit dwelling in them, the pneumatic Christ, the same Christ, praying the same prayer above and and within the saints, echoing one another, but in this process there needs to be us. There needs to be us because the Spirit today is within us. Even in Romans it says, the Spirit intercedes for us according to God. Brothers and sisters, I hope just by this speaking, you would perceive my burden about, I share somewhere else about 10 days ago brother Dick Taylor called me after the international group of coworkers decided that we will extend the prayer for another you know 9 days he called me in the morning and said brother Minora I want to tell you something he said this prayer cannot stop and i don't think he meant 9 more days He meant it cannot stop, period. And within me, I just leapt, my spirit leapt. Because I find a comrade here who feels this way. Brothers and sisters, this prayer should continue until we see the Lord. Until the Lord comes back. Especially for us. Who have been in the church life for a while. I don't mean we don't do things. We don't serve. We don't clean the hall. We don't preach the gospel. I don't mean that. We, we will still live. We will still continue to serve. But we will give ourselves first to prayer. The apostle said. And then to the ministry of the word. Brother Dick. Brother Dick. He cannot minister the word as he used to because of health restrictions. But he still can pray. And let me tell you, he is praying. Not limited to 30 days. He has been praying. I absolutely believe he will continue to pray. I want to tell you that there are two twenty years prayer recently that came to me. The first was Daniel, 20 years before the fulfillment of the return of Israel to the good land to rebuild the city and the temple, 20 years before that. Daniel read in Jeremiah about the 70 years. And even those ministers of the king of Babylon wanted to destroy him by Uh, deceiving the king, you know, if anyone would pray to their God into the lion dens, they would be thrown. Daniel didn't care. He didn't care for his physical life. He went up as usual three times a day facing Jerusalem, the land, the city, the temple, and prayed. You have to believe he was praying for the return. Of his people. He himself never returned. But 20 years prior to return, he prayed. You have to believe, I believe, he prayed for 20 years. He prayed for 20 years. Without Daniel's prayer, there would be no return. Cyrus would not make that decree. Someone on the earth was the channel of God's purpose. To be done. It's according to God's timetable, but it needs someone to pray, to intercede. Another case, another case, our dear brother Watchman Nee. Actually he had fifty years of ministry, except the first thirty were public with the ministry of the word. And today, all the books, all the things. But few realize he had another 20 years of invisible, silent, out of the limelight ministry in prison. From 1952, 53, arrested and in, in prison, all the way to 72 when he died, 20 years, no ministry of the word. But this brother, this minister of the age, has entered into the holiest place. I will tell you, those 20 years exactly cover first 10 years in Taiwan and 10 years in LA. Now, if you study history a little bit, those two decades became the anchor, the pivotal two decades. Of the Lord's recovery. In Taiwan. Brother Lee brought the revival from China into Taiwan. Again a lot of saints built up the churches. It became a nursery. For the Lord's recovery worldwide. And when the Lord led him. Ten years later 1962. To stay in this country. To move from Asia. To the US. To begin the ministry here. The Lord's recovery here. Those 10 years were his building up a model in Los Angeles. And out of that, another revival came in, resulting in the spread of the Lord's move all over this country and to the rest of the continents, especially in the Western Hemisphere. Do you think without Brother Nee's prayer, those things may happen? now i cannot be sure but i surmise that i'm i believe that brothers and sisters we are none of we're not any of these great men but today we're one new man we're one man you know right now these prayers going on round the clock is unprecedented asia Uh, all the continent saints in every time zone, multiple time slots, praying round the clock as one man. It has never happened. Oh, how I hope that this will continue and not stop. How I want to see that. I believe the Lord will do mighty things, greater things in the recovery and on this earth because of this kind of a prayer. We just cannot go back to the old normal, brothers and sisters. We need to go on. Now, there are many things that the Lord would lead us into, but I don't think there's something that is as important and crucial as this matter, and that is there would be a group of saints who would really pick this matter up as their ministry to pray regularly with, by themselves with a few companions in the church, this kind of prayer. What kind of prayer? Let me say again, the intercessory prayer. That means intercession means you're praying on behalf of someone. Of some matters, of some situation. You're not praying for yourself. And so, Paul, in his uh, epistles, always couple prayer with petition. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Petition means you are, you have a grievance and then you are asking for this Grievance to be addressed. That grievance may be yours and it could represent many others. It's like that widow in Luke 18 who had an opponent. And so he bothered this unrighteous judge to no end until that judge says, I better get rid of this woman. And eventually he relented and answered her prayer to avenge the woman of her adversary. Brothers and sisters, that kind of prayer, that kind of persevering prayer, that kind of persistent prayer, that kind of intercession is needed today. The martyrs are praying right now as we speak under the earth. Praying for the Lord to avenge their blood. That's the fifth seal. The fifth seal in Revelation. The Lord for sure is praying above. So I'm talking about on the earth there needs to be overcoming saints. Who would overcome to pray? Now, with the last nine minutes or something like this, I'll just quickly remind you of the first clear intercessory prayer, and that is the prayer of Abraham. You all know that. In in, uh, Genesis 18, that's the first clear mentioning of what we mean by intercession, intercessory prayer. So the Lord, I mean, Jehovah, uh, you know, God and two angels came, to do two things. Number one, to tell Abram and Sarah about the time of life, you know, that Isaac will be born. And that is important for that lineage to bring forth Christ. This is the covenant that God made with Israel, right? That there'll be, you know, descendants like the sand of the sea and also um, the the stars in the heaven, and Christ must come out of the loins of Abraham, the seed of Abraham. So that was important, but there's a second purpose on the negative side. He wanted to come and what? Find a man in Abraham who would pray, intercede, apparently for Sodom and Gomorrah. Actually, no. It to intercede for the rescue of Lot. You say, well, what, what's so important about Lot? He's a, he's, a, he's a bad man. He's not good. Do you know out of Lot comes the Moabite, And there's a Moabitess called Ruth. And Ruth becomes a great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. In a negative way, that is necessary. The salvation of Lot. To what? To have also a lineage. One of the descendants of this line, this lineage, will be Christ. This in a negative way, understandably. And so there you have a situation after, you know, um, uh, Jehovah said the time of life will come. You know, Sarah laughed and and all of that. Then it says, Jehovah said, Can I withhold this from, from Abraham? From Abraham? I'm turning to this. It says, He was, you know, finished all of this talking, you know, Sarah laughing. He started looking over towards Sodom. God did. And Abraham walk with them and send them away. Now, let me tell you, I believe Abraham was watching his every move. He knew that that was God. Even when God was turning and looking down to Sodom, he got it. Abraham was a friend of God. He was was watching. And then even though Jehovah spoke within him, and then eventually he said, Oh, the cry of Sodom has come to my ears. How great that is. How heavy. He didn't say, Hey, Abraham, pray. No such thing. He just say, Oh, how, how great. How great is the, is the, is the cry. So not only he looked towards Sodom, he make this exclamation. And I tell you, Abram was one with the Lord. He knew what was in the Lord's heart and mind. And even as he walked, he began to walk with God. And eventually, the two angels left, and Abraham remained standing before Jehovah. You can go read. I won't have time to tell the story. But I want to just tell you right there, is this what Brother Lee called a glorious intercession. Is praying for a person in the place of sin who eventually even commit a gross sin with his own daughter. Can you believe that? But Abraham got it. There needs to be someone who would tell Jehovah what to do. So Abraham kept walking and keep talking. Like two friends conversing, even I would say negotiating. How about 50, he said. That's the starting price. Okay, if there's a 50, uh, then I will spare. Okay, how about 45? Okay, I'll spare. How about 40? All right. How about 30? Okay. How about 20? Okay. How about 10? Abram, the intercessor. He was praying for, actually for Lot, not for the city. Actually, the city got destroyed after Lot was saved. But he was praying that not just because Lot was his nephew, but because that's what Jehovah wants. A thought was put into him. A word was put into him. A feeling was put into him. An intention was put into him by the Lord, he merely spoke it back to God. Actually, it was in God's heart to go down, down, down to ten or whatever the number was to rescue Lot. So, brothers and sisters, I hope these days you have time at home. You can find this life study on this particular passage. They are full of this wonderful speaking. I have it in front of me. I don't want to spend so much time. And Brother Lee would set things like today. This intercession is a great thing in the Bible. Without that, without this this kind of intercession, God's econ- economy cannot be accomplished. And so today, someone is taking the lead to do this intercession. That is Christ. Both as the Christ above and also as the Christ within. He's praying. I tell you, he's praying there. And he's nonstop praying within us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Knowing our weaknesses, not knowing what to pray. He will pray in us, the Spirit according to God. And also some principles about how this prayer actually, Abram did not in, initiate. It seems that way, but actually God was giving the cue. And Abram picked it up. It was prayer initiated by God. True prayers, true intercession, always initiated by God and not by us. But God cannot do anything without an intercessor, and especially a corporate intercessor today. For the salvation of souls, for the gospel to be preached, he needs the intercessor. And this kind of intercession, as seen in this story, is not this religious kind of prayer, but a very intimate talk, like between two friends. With God unveiling his desire, cueing Abraham, and Abraham finding his way to touch God's heart. This kind of speaking, you know, in many places when they talk about prayer, they talk about speaking. In fact, here it says at the end, when all this is done, Jehovah went away as soon as he had finished speaking. Do you know this kind of intercessory prayer? It's God speaking to you and you speaking back to God. And when God finishes speaking, that intercession is then over. God actually spoke the last word in this intercession. It's his prayer, as I said. So, dear brothers and sisters, these days, I hope there will be the trained ones, the disciplined ones the ones who really have the heart of God in theirs, have the Lord's interests as their priority, they would pray a prayer that is special, that touches the heart of God. So I will just stop here. May the Lord do this work, um, I don't know what will happen these after these nine days. I just hope that there will be a way for us to continue. So this prayer would not be just an event that comes and goes. It will from now on become our life and the church's ministry. How much the Lord can do in his and through his recovery in this way. Well, dear saints, this is my little talk tonight, and thank you for being here, and uh, I hope you have received uh, some burden from the Lord. Let us encourage one another to persevere in prayer. Thank you, and good night.